Welcome to the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast, where we explore what it means to grow daily and find our best in every aspect of life. What is going on, everybody? Good to be back with you on the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast. Thank you for joining us on another incredible episode. I'm John Shirky here with my friend, my co-host, Jamie Wagner. Jamie, good to see you. You as well, man. Um, just tremendous the heavy hearts for your family as you guys went through this struggle. But I know, I know that you guys got to, to do what you needed to do and to take some time and to breathe. And, um, I, I am so glad that we have the opportunity to connect again and to bring this content to everybody. So. No, I, I agree. And I appreciate your, your thoughts and, and everyone out there who has reached out, um, yeah, it's been a it's been a tough and and unexpected time in life, and you know the the reality is we just talked about that on our last episode, right? Is life sometimes hits you with things, and most of the time we're talking about. I mean, we're talking about sports and our goals and things like that, and in in this case, it was something a lot bigger than that, and and that's again that's life, right? And so, how do we redirect and and move forward and without you know, uh, losing the things that matter the most to us. And so I appreciate that. And it's good to be back, man. I, I think the other thing that always is a reminder, whether it's this time or other times it's surround yourself with people that are going to pour into you, um, and, and give you the good juice. And, and we certainly found that out the last few weeks. So, uh, appreciate you and, and all of the people out there listening that, that did that for us. It's so hard to be, in circumstances and in situations. And I'm maybe I'm directing this a little bit at our younger listeners, if they're out there or you people that have parents of teenagers right now, like remind them over and over and over again, that it's so hard to live your best to live eyes up when people are draining, just taking from you constantly. Right. And I think as young people, we're so apt to do that because we want to fit in. And we just let people take from us. And I think that sometimes that might be our bosses and <laughs> it might be our spouses sometimes. And like, we gotta, we gotta remind ourselves that we need to surround ourselves, right. And be flooded by people that are going to pour into us, like you say. And I think Scott McDonald, our, our guest today did exactly that and, and has really set up his life in such a way to do that. Tell us about Scott, John. Well, I I've known Scott for, you know, man, probably, you know, almost 10 years or close to that. He was the head professional golf, um, head pro, I guess, head professional at, at the golf club that I grew up in, in Glenwood, um, for a lot of years and, and, um, just reconnected and it's, it's been cool. I mean, I told him this off the air was, I didn't know a lot of the stuff. And I think that's another reminder is like, be present, get to know people, ask questions and, and, be there for people because his story is incredible and we only got to a part of it today and um i think there's those people are all all around but scott was a head pro um was on a trajectory to just continue up the ranks and then decided you know what this isn't this isn't the life that i want to live for me and for my family and i think that's incredibly honorable to to get into a place and realize that it's not right and we we talk about that and that transition and, and how do you make that decision? And then he talks about what it looks like to do that kind of full steam and to, to go into that without uh, looking back. And, and 
I just, I, I have known Scott via you guys for a long time and have, uh, he was able to build something really cool at Minnewaska. Um, and, and anybody that knows high school golf in Minnesota knows that they've been incredibly successful up there. And so, um, just a testament to, to that community and that golf club and, and partly his influence. So. No, it's good stuff. I can't wait for you to hear it. Scott McDonald. Scott, welcome to the Eyes Up Mindset podcast. Uh, we've been talking about getting you on for a long time, and I'm excited for our conversation. I'm excited you took time out of your day to join us today. Yeah, thanks for thanks for having me on, Jamie. Uh, pleasure meeting you. Uh, I've listened. Uh, I mean, you've got 47 episodes now, so I've listened to some of them. I haven't listened to all of them, but I've known John uh, just you know from my background at Minnewaska as a head pro there. And, uh, yeah, so excited to chat with you guys. We've certainly met before. I've golfed Waska a few times, but you would have no clue who I am. Cause I, I don't hit it like these guys. I don't hit it like those <laughs> guys do. So, uh, I, I, the, my favorite thing that I've heard about golf so far is you calling Sherlin a two handicap which I know for sure he would be offended about that. He's for sure. He's for sure offended. I got, I got text messages afterwards. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So Scott, speaking of your background, you said you mentioned you were a head golf pro at Minnewaska golf club in Glenwood, Minnesota. What, tell us a little bit more about kind of the lead up to that and, and where you're at now. Yeah. So, you know, I went to school, I, I ran at UMD cross country and I went there. I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life. So I went there cause I wanted to run. And one year out of that, I, I just didn't fit up there. I didn't see, um, eye to eye with a coach. So I moved to the, I transferred to the U of M and went into communications. I wanted to be a sports broadcaster. Um, and you got to have connections to make that happen. So I didn't see that happening. So I started playing more golf and worked at a golf course in Faribault for a couple of years, met my wife at the U of M and then got in the golf business after that and worked at a club in Indianapolis, worked in a club uh, in the Twin Cities called Winsong Farm. And then the head job at Minnewaska opened up and uh, that was uh, 10 years ago. And I took the head pro job and I had never been to Glenwood. And I went there when it was winter and you drive in and all you see is like a bunch of ice houses. I'm like, whoa, this is a big lake. I, I knew it was big that I didn't realize it's that big. And just really, it felt right. Like literally, I'd, I'd never seen the golf course before I took the job. And it's unbelievable. You guys both know. Great, great greens, great layout. And so I was a head pro there for eight years and an opportunity came up last year at Summer B, which is close to where I grew up in Faribault. And and I took uh, the head pro job there. And um, one year in, I, it just didn't feel right. Um, I didn't like the way that my role and the, my position was going, just time away from my family of four kids. And yeah, stepped, stepped down in December and didn't know what I was going to do. And uh, I think that's when John reached out to me and he's like, you'd be good on our podcast because this seems very bizarre what you're doing right now. <laughs> well, I, I think it's of a piece too, though. You talk about you ran competitively in high school and in, and in college. And for most of us, we, we have this dichotomy in our head where it's like, if you're a high school athlete, you do track or golf, right? And you don't do both. And at some point you pivoted and you said, 
I, I love this hobby or this pastime that I have. I want to make it a bigger part of my life. And I think that's something that a lot of us can learn from is that there's always new and it doesn't mean that you can't make it a huge part of who you are just because you haven't done it yet. What does that look like now? What are you doing? Because in December, when John reached out to you, it's like, man, you're a head pro. It's like a dream job for some people. Yeah. And you decided to go and do something else. Yeah. Uh, and to be honest, it was my dream job when I got in the golf business. I didn't want to be a teaching pro. I, all re- I loved running events and running the shop and and yeah, it, 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 it looks like a dream job, but you always hear the, the old saying, if you want to play golf, don't get in the golf business. Well, I had a job at Minnewaska where I played as much as anybody. And I'll be completely honest about it because we had a great board. I had a great staff and the membership embraced it. Um, but yeah, I think the, the reason that um, essentially I got out was it's it, it the time constraints of the golf business you miss the best part of minnesota the summer's on the lake i'm currently living in olmstead county where there isn't a lake <laughs> I, th- I think it's the only county in the state so and ultimately family was the most important thing to me and this year away from my kids was just an eye opener you know covid it was a unbelievably busy year in golf busier than ever, more time away. And I just got to the end of the season and said, I, it's just not worth it. No matter what I make, no matter where I'm the head pro at, it just isn't worth it to sacrifice that time away from Julie and the kids. Let's zoom out just a second. Cause I think you went through your past and there was a couple of different points where you said, this isn't right. It doesn't yep. feel right. I, I know it's not right. We talk a lot on our podcast and and with our um, clients about awareness and understanding where we're at, where we want to go, and the ability to pivot and and change direction. You've done that a few different times now, you know, with college going from, you know, running cross country, hey, it didn't work out, I'm going to the University of Minnesota. And then, hey, I'm going to get into golf. And then, hey, I'm going to get out of golf, you know. So talk through if, if you have an idea of those inflection points in your life, what led up to that? And how did you know, like, how did you know that it was time to change directions and, and take, take that step the other way? Yeah. Um, some people probably think I'm crazy with all these changes, but I, I you know, I grew up, uh, you know, I was, I was always kind of outgoing, but in certain settings, not, and still in that way. Um, John, you've seen me in social settings and I'm usually very outgoing. I, I, I have no issue with that, but sometimes in my, if I'm in the wrong setting, I don't, I just clam up. So when I was younger, I didn't have a ton of friends growing up and, and faith's always been a big part of, of my journey. And I went to this national youth gathering in 10th grade and like a light switch went off. I don't know if it was God talking to me or what, but from that point on, I, I completely changed. I, I started having friends. I was more outgoing. I was most voted most changed in high school from ninth grade to senior year because I was this clammed up person to this outgoing person that would do anything, literally do anything. Um, And then I went to school to run because I loved running and just didn't see eye to eye with my coach and went to the U of M because I always want, I love sports. I wanted to be at a big time school where I went to go for basketball games all the time. 
And that's when I started playing more competitive golf. I'm, I'm, com I'm competitive in everything. And that's like literally what drives me every day is getting better as an athlete, as a person. But I, I so that keeps me going. It's like, here's, I want to be the best golfer I can be, but obviously I want to be the best dad and, and husband. So those changes, I don't know if it's, if it's, if it's God guiding me on these changes or saying, but when I made, when I've made up my mind, it's always just felt right. And once you make the decision, you don't look back and have any regrets, right? It's a powerful way to think about it. I, we also pivoted, you know, right. We started yeah, yeah, this business absolutely. and we, and we were met with, uh, some challenges along the way as we started, you know, COVID happens and meeting with people in person just doesn't happen. So we, we pivoted to say, let's do a podcast. And I think the thing that you said is, is just so powerful. It's no regrets. You know, like we, we can't change the things that have already happened. And I think we get caught living there a lot. Yeah. Right? I, I just have so many, and it's not necessarily friends or people like they just talk about the things that were in or the things that might be rather than being here and now. And I think we lose the concept. Like you talk about family being so important. Like that's, it's only exists right here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, we can't, we can't guarantee the next day even. So um, I don't know that there's a question in here. I just, I just wanted to touch on that piece that it's like regret is such a dangerous thing. <laughs> um, so. No, no, I totally agree. And that's, the people that I've talked to when I made this decision to quit being a head pro, I mean, I was like this on the uphill climb. I mean, I'm very involved in our section. I'm, I, I've, I've had success at a smaller club now moving on to a bigger club. Um, and everybody thinks like, Oh, this is the, he, he he's going to end up here or whatever. And to me, yeah, that that's, that's, that only is important to us, our ego, you know, how we're viewed by everybody else. That isn't important to my kids. That isn't important to my wife. It's, it's that, and us as men to make changes, it's really difficult because obviously sometimes the change we have to admit, Hey, this wasn't the right thing for us. And that's not easy for us to do. So I think once you make that decision, looking back and having regrets, it's just going to hold you down from, where you want to go. So how do you, how do you separate that ego piece? How have you been able to separate and say, I mean, was there something you did? <laughs> no, I mean, not consciously. I mean, it's, it's difficult. I mean, I, I wouldn't lie if, if I feel like I've, you know, I've, I've let some people down. I, I feel like I've let down uh, the membership at Summerby and, and, you know, management that put uh, the Ames family that put their faith in me. Um, but I, I feel like from the moment I took the job, I gave it 110% and did everything I could. So I can't look back and say, well, I, I could have done this. I could have done that because in that moment I gave everything I could, but yeah, it's right now when I go and tell people, Hey, I'm vice president of Ripstick and I'm working for American solutions for business. And Oh, by the way, I'm, helping out a foundation in Minnewaska, they probably scratch their head and they're like, what, who is this guy? Um, where it's easier to say, Hey, I'm the guy at golf professional at Summerbee. But um, yeah, it's, it, it doesn't matter to me. I'm going to live my life and I'm going to 
and be strong with my beliefs. And I, I hope people respect me for that, no matter what I'm doing, if I'm a garbage man or whatever. I think that's an interesting point because so often the first question people ask, Oh, what do you do? What are you doing? And like that is supposed to define who we are or what our life is about. And so, like you said, it's so much easier. It would be so much easier to say, I'm a head golf pro at Summerby or I'm a head golf pro fill in the blank. But to me, when I heard your story, you know, I I've known you for a long time and I didn't know a lot of the stuff that you kind of sent in your bio. And it's like, man, he's choosing to live a different way, right? You're living the life that you want to live. It's it's, and it has nothing to do with your job, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it does because that allows you to, you know, pay the bills and, and do that sort of thing. But the reality is our ego is about what defines us. And if we let our occupation or what we do define that, then we're in real trouble. And I think that's, I think that's what you're talking about is like, there's a lot of people that say, man, that's a, that's a crazy choice to do that. And now you're doing these, all these bullet points of the things that you just clicked off. And it's like, man, I can't wrap my head around it, but they don't have to. That's the thing. You know, yeah. you're comfortable with who you are and the life that you're living. It doesn't matter what all those other people think about that. No, I, I totally agree. It, um, everybody looks at it like it's crazy, but you really have deep conversations and they're like, well, you're doing this for the right reasons. You know, it, us as men aren't going to say, I mean, my golf pro buddies that are head pros at some of the top clubs in the state and across the country are probably like, man, what is he doing? But deep down, they're probably thinking, I wish I could spend more time with my family and go out on the lake and play more golf, you know, but no, we're never going to say that. Maybe good friends would. (laughs) My question is, why don't we like, don't you think, right? Don't you think that in our experience with our close and intimate friends is like, we have those abilities to connect and that stuff is the reason we connect. Why, why are we so guarded from doing that more broadly and with other people in a similar profession or a similar walk of life that, that I don't know, I shed some light on that. If you can, you know, it's, I think it's just uh, us as men and uh, you know, any sign of weakness and we're like the, you know, that's the worst thing in the world. Right. Um, I, I will say some of my best friends in the golf business, I got a pretty tight circle. They all understand it. They respect me. And, and it's the fringe acquaintances. And, and to me, I, I also looked at it like this when I made this, this decision is if I was the head pro wherever for the rest of my career, what have, what have I got to show for it? Sure. I've, I've, I've show longevity. I show accomplishments that I've done, but ultimately it's just making one club and a membership better. I feel like my track now, especially with the nonprofit stuff that I'm doing, that scope can be so much bigger. So I'm not really boxed into one place and helping one set of individuals. So that's to me, I feel like, the volunteer work and the things that I do, we can, I can accomplish so much more and help so many more people. So tell us about the work that you are doing. You mm-hmm. know, you, you kind of touched on a couple of different things, but tell us more about Ripstick and American Solutions for Business. If you want to know what they do, look them up. If you have yeah. 
if you have business needs, call Scott. But um, I, I guess I'm more interested in the nonprofit and and the Ripstick stuff that you're doing right now. And yeah, what's going on with that? So Ripstick essentially is is a company that was started by one of my best friends. He's the director of instruction at Interlock and Luke Benoit. Luke and I grew up in Faribault together. And prior to me resigning at Summerbee, I said, hey, if this, this thing ever gets big enough, let me come and work for you. I can run the company. I can help out. And he said, yeah, it's not there yet. And so I resigned. And all of a sudden, he's, he, we were talking through it. And two weeks later, he said, I, okay, I think I can bring you on part-time. Two weeks later, after that, he goes, I think I need you full-time because uh, the demand has gotten higher and higher. So Ripstick is essentially a speed training tool, uh, unlike anything else that's come out. Everything else, you have to carry multiple sticks or it's not safe. This is you carry one stick, you have five different weight options, you swing a lighter object to pick up speed and swing a heavier object to pick up speed faster. It's like running uphill and running downhill. So it's, uh, I started with Luke and we've seen it grow now. I've been with the company three months and actually yesterday it was announced that we, the Ripstick was awarded an editor's choice award by Golf Digest. We were featured, uh, if you get Golf Digest with DJ on the cover, there's a picture of our five ripsticks spread out like a rainbow. So it's pretty crazy how it's, how it's grown. Um, and then, you know, that's, that's pretty much my full-time job right now, but we're moving back to Glenwood or we're moving back to Alexandria. We just, we just put a purchase agreement on a house. So we're super excited to get back there. And, and I started this foundation when I was there, Minnewaska fairways for all where, all juniors play for free, get junior golf for free, um, scholarships for kids down the road. So this is, uh, it's, it's something that I'm super passionate about because we started it and I want to run the foundation, which is going to be a part of my job. And then I've started helping out the course that I grew up with, a foundation for them. They want to do the same thing on juniors. And then a group of my teaching buddies in the cities, they want to start a foundation for juniors. So there's like three foundations I'm somehow involved in. And then, you know, I'm on the board of directors with the Minnesota PGA and that's a million dollar plus foundation. So somehow I've become an expert in foundational work for golf. <laughs> and people ask me for these, these questions about taxes and things like that. And I go, I, I, I don't know, but uh, yeah, so that's the foundational work, which I'm excited about because Look at where golf is right now. How does it always grow? It grows through kids. And, uh, and John, you know this. I mean, look at Minnewaska through the years. It's a, it's a small town, uh, Glenwood and Starbuck and surroundings. And look at the golf. It's all because of the kids. Yeah. So that, it's incredible stuff. And I, the thing that jumped out to me there is leap of faith, right? You yeah. knew you knew that it wasn't right for you where you were at, not because it was a bad situation or it wasn't a dream job. It, it just wasn't the right fit for you. And you said, you know what, I'm going to trust that whatever it is that comes next. Right. And two weeks later, Luke calls and says, Hey, I got a part-time two weeks after that it's full-time. Right. And I think so many of us though, we, we ignore that feeling deep down. That's like, Hey, this isn't, this isn't right. This isn't what I should be doing. 
because it's comfortable, right? It's, it's easy. And we don't push into that. Um, I think that's incredible work, Scott. I I'm excited to, you know, have you get into that stuff and, and, and continue to grow that. I think you're right. Absolutely. Anything starts with the youth, right? If we're talking about sports or I mean, realistically it's life, right? Anything starts with the youth level. If we can give people the skills and the opportunities um, and level the playing field, you know, I, I love the name too, fairways for all, man, how do we give access to golf or to wrestling, Jamie or track, you know, I mean, and, and give those kids opportunities. It's incredible. And I, I think about this is like, we work with programs, right? We, we work with high school and college programs to try and develop them. And it starts, you know, we talk a lot about this isn't, you're not going to see benefit in the short term, right? It, it takes a long time and building foundational pieces is about developing behaviors for younger people, but it's not just for young people. We can do this stuff. I think about, you know, like I, I started golfing when I moved to Glenwood to live with John more or less like 10 years ago, I started golfing for real and I don't spend nearly enough time doing it. But if I did, I could be a lot better in a short period of time. Just, you know, like everything is growable, right? There is growth in everything. If we put our resources and our time in the right places and, and, what's so heartening about this conversation is that you've looked and said, there are places that need it. Let's do something. Right. And that's the challenge for all of us. There are places that need our attention and our time and our care. Let's do something about it. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, it's the old adage that it's, it's just so much more rewarding doing, doing volunteer work or foundational work. And to me, that's, that's a legacy that, uh, I'd love to be attached to is, is growth uh, on that side. I've always gotten up. Uh, I had a huge passion for volunteer work, just coming up through church and whatever it is. So it's uh, th- there's no greater satisfaction than that for sure. And I think that helps us remove some of the ego challenge that we were talking about earlier is can we start to build a legacy that's lasting beyond ourselves? right? That, that helps us move beyond the question of well, what is my identity right now? Like let's leave something behind that other people can pick up and, and do something with. So, well, and we had a, we had, we had a podcast a few weeks ago and the guy said, you know, find a problem to solve and find a place to serve. Right. And so the problem to solve is how do we get access to people, youth on the golf courses? Right. And then serve them, figure it out, start a foundation or three or four in Scott's case. But <laughs> Um, Scott, where can people, uh, you know, whether it's the nonprofit stuff, if they want to get involved or donate or whatever, um, where can they find you? And, uh, obviously we want to, we'll put the ripstick stuff on the episode notes, but shout that out to give them a website or wherever they can find that stuff as well. Yeah. Um, so Minnewaska fairways for all.com is, uh, essentially the website. It's, uh, the M F F. A is I like to call it because it's very long Minnewaska fairways for all um, on the section side. Yeah, we've got PGA reaches. And I mean, I do this hundred holes. I hope we play a hundred holes in a day. It's 
it's on the longest day of the year. So that's PGA Reach Minnesota. Um, and then um, the other foundations, which we haven't started up at, it's Canyon Country Club. Uh, they're starting their foundation. And then Impact Golf Group, uh, impactgolfgroup.com. And that's with uh, four other PGA professionals. Um, and then myself, just the, the ripstick.com. That's where you can get anything on the ripstick. And I'm on social media, PhD sports guy on Twitter, which is from about 15 years ago. And then uh, ben, Luke, uh, Dr. Benoit has titled me the director of speed. That's my title. And that's my, that's my uh, handle on Instagram. I'm not as fast as I once was, and I was never short distance. <laughs> Whenever you decide to start working with Bryson, just let us know. Let him know that there's a spot on the Eyes Up Mindset podcast for him whenever he wants. So. <laughs> Sounds great. Uh, thanks. thanks. Thanks for coming on, Scott. It was great to chat and to hear your story, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. And uh, next time you're in Glenwood, let's get out on the golf course. Thank you to Scott for joining us today. And uh, we are so incredibly blessed to have the people that we get to talk to because it grows us and challenges us. Um, if you haven't caught up or you're behind on episodes, go back and listen to some of them because we have grown and the people that we've talked to that have listened to them have grown from them and, and, you know, follow us on social media, eyes up mindset on Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff, eyes up mindset.com. I, I think the thing that stood out for me today, John, was this idea of being willing to change without having a certainty about what it is that that change is going to bring. Like being able to take that leap of faith and to say, I'm going to go forward. It's just powerful stuff. Yeah. I mean, no, he had a couple of different examples of that, right? Where, you know, in his younger years and then, talk about a leap of faith with four kids and, and a steady job. And you just decide, no, this isn't the right fit, but I'm going to trust that the thing is out there. Right. And I think that the thing that stood out adjacent to that was the no regrets. Right. He talked about, and I can't remember if this was when we were recording or, or after, but he talked about, yeah, I, I probably would have been happy as a head golf pro, but I, I didn't, I don't know that. I know that I'm happy now, right? And I would have regretted not taking the steps that I took now to go and serve people and and to to be with my family, you know? And so I think that's incredibly relevant for me in this time. And I think for all of us is a reminder that we're not promised tomorrow. We're not promised anything beyond right now. So be present, right? Have a plan, know where you want to go and, and make daily choices to... Um, not look back and say, Hey, I wish I would have, I wish I would have, right. That's something that none of us want to look back and say, you know, and so how do we live our lives that way? And, and what are the choices that you need to make on a daily basis um, to have no regrets? So we flipped it, Jamie. So I'm sorry, but I gotta, gotta I gotta give, keep going. I do. Right? Give us I mean, the out, man. Otherwise your wife would be mad. So all that to say, and as always live eyes up.